Hi guys, I'm your host, Edna Estrada. Thank you so much for being here today. Today we're going to talk with um, relationship expert Jessica Lundgren. She is going to walk us through exactly what we're freaking doing wrong in our relationships. Why do we keep attracting the bad boys, the painful relationships? Why do we keep digging ourselves into holes and how to get ourselves out of them? Um, she is phenomenal. She was extremely generous with her information. So please give this a listen. And you guys, if you have not yet signed up, please make sure you sign up for the freebie library, the 14 day heal your trauma challenge. It's starting August 22nd. It's going to be phenomenal. I have a great outline of the things that we are going to accomplish in 14 short days. It can change everything for you. So if you haven't yet, please sign up. I'm adding the link below. Okay. So without further ado, we're starting the interview. I love you guys so much. Have a great, phenomenal week. See you guys next week. Bye. Edna Estrada, she'll help you through your healing. After going through trauma, she'll make you laugh. Edna Estrada, if you're going through trauma, you need Edna as your trauma life coach. Edna! All right, Jessica. So I'm going to give you the floor. Tell us about you. Tell us how you got started in this field. What made you want to help this particular group of people? How did you end up here? Sure. So my name is Jessica Lundgren. Hello, everyone. I'm super excited to be here with your audience, Edna. Um, I am a dating and self-worth coach. And I'd say I got here just because my dating experiences at the beginning really sucked. <laughs> Um, I attracted a lot of really unhealthy, emotionally unavailable men and, uh, you know, got to a point in my life, I consider one of my rock bottoms where I just was like, how did I get here? Like, why do I keep attracting these types of guys? Um, I'm not fulfilled. There's gotta be more. And, um, that really led me into a deep dive self-discovery of kind of better understanding myself, men, relationships, and, um, you know, everything that goes along with that. So that's kind of the quick, the quick summary. <laughs> that's amazing. Isn't that how we all get there? Like by getting to that rock bottom and having to dig ourselves out. That's yeah. Amazing. Some, sometimes we're, we're blind, you know, we don't, we don't know the path that we're on until we, we hit the bottom and we're just like, holy cow, like this is totally 10 miles off or a hundred miles off of like where I thought life was going to take me. And I think that's uh, oftentimes what it takes to open our eyes to really start asking the right questions. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder like hindsight is twenty twenty, right? So you say we're blind. Is there anything when you look back, you think, oh my gosh, that was so obvious. That was such a big red flag that you completely missed for anybody listening. Are there like any major red flags that didn't feel like red flags? Maybe at the time that somebody who's not happy, maybe they think it's them, but it's actually not. I say that there always are red flags. Um, you know, I think if you're going, if you're, if you've experienced a traumatic 
intimate relationship where you keep attracting unhealthy men, there's always red flags. And oftentimes uh, we either don't recognize them, which I feel is less often the case. The other thing that I hear a lot is that I saw them, I heard them, but I ignored them or I thought that we could work through it or, you know, I thought it wasn't as big as it really was. And then, you know, months later, years later, it really blows up into something devastating. And the other thing I was going to add to is like, um, I think, I think the biggest thing, and this is why I call myself a dating and self-worth coach is that it all self-worth and self-love acceptance is the foundation to it all. Um, that was the number one thing that I uncovered about myself is I didn't believe I deserved love. I didn't believe I was lovable. And as women, I think we all have that kind of innate fear of, you know, do I deserve more? Am I enough to receive more? And that's something that we all have to work on because we do, we do, we always deserve more, but we have this fear of, you know, what if I'm too needy or what if I, you know, what if I'm receiving too much and I don't deserve it? Or, you know, we ask ourselves all of these questions and it all comes down to self-worth. Yeah. I I wonder how does one even get started with that? I was, oh my gosh, at this point, I should be getting paid for promoting this documentary. I keep talking about a documentary I saw on Netflix with JLo and, you know, Jennifer Lopez, she has, she's famous for having a million relationships. And in it, she addresses that where she says, well, my, I had the number one best-selling album, movies, beautiful, rich, but my self-esteem was so low that I was willing to date and marry whoever. She just didn't care. Like if the relationship was toxic and I'm like, oh my gosh. So you saying that I'm wondering what is the foundation? How do you even start? I mean, I know it's different for every person, depending on how you were raised, but how do you even rise above that to start feeling that self-worth and that self-love? Where do you, where do you start? Yeah, that's a great question. I think first is to understand that it's a journey that you don't just like snap your fingers and all of a sudden you love yourself. It really, it's a process and it takes work. I think also I would add to start like the the best place that I always tell my clients to start is your beliefs. One of my mentors says you can't out hustle your beliefs and it's so true. And so, you know, every time some, you become conscious, aware of, of limiting belief, like, oh, I don't deserve that. Or, you know, I'm not good enough for this or whatever the belief. I mean, there's so many beliefs. I've been working on this belief that I'm not lovable for over 10 years. And sometimes it still pops its ugly head. And so it's just, it's like I said, it's a process, but it's first becoming aware of what are the limiting beliefs. And then it is a matter of, okay, how can I rewire this belief to something that is actually truth? And a lot of times these beliefs are, are, generated from childhood, uh, labels that, you know, the people that are in our life the most that are speaking into us are over us, tell us who we are, or just the way that they interact with us. And we unconsciously adapt these beliefs to be our truth and reality. And oftentimes, if we've been through some sort of trauma in our childhood, the the beliefs that we adopt are out of necessity or survival. And 
when you grow up to be an adult, you still carry those beliefs and yet they're not, they're not helping you anymore because you're no longer that little child. You're no longer in that same environment that you were when you needed that belief. And so, and yet we're still being guided. We're still like our beliefs because they, they determine our actions and the, and the, and our choices and behaviors. So if we still carry those limiting beliefs into adulthood, we're still going to be making the same choices, you know, that we, that with that belief guiding us. And that's kind of like, that's the basis of like where I would suggest starting is really becoming aware of those beliefs and then deciding, okay, is this empowering me or is this holding me back? And if it's not empowering me, you know, how can I rework this belief to something that's true? Oh my gosh, that's so powerful. I'm having so many like mind blowing moments just from you saying all of that. I'm, I'm thinking of, um, oh gosh, Never mind. I'm blanking. There's this great book called uh, Becoming Supernatural. I forgot. The, I'm blanking on the author's name, but it, it, it ta- it's a different. It's about your body, but the belief system is similar to what you're saying. And it's so true, so powerful how your beliefs and your actions go hand in hand. So I'm wondering, Jessica, for someone who is stuck in a like bad relationship, even more than I would take it further than like a toxic relationship and maybe dangerous, you know, at a point where like a woman's being physically abused and just severely mentally abused. Would you say it's more important that they start working on their beliefs or how to, because they can't get out if they don't change their beliefs, but they're in danger. I know this is like a heavy loaded question, but yeah, I think about that, those traumatic effects and how, you know, women stay, and I know a lot of women get judged for staying, but they can't leave because they're, they can't change that belief around their self-worth. So right. hmm. it, it's, this is such a, it's such a, a, a deep topic and there's, it's not black and white. I think every single person's situation is different. And I would, I, I, I will preface it by saying that I am not an expert in, you know, if like you're in a physically bad space or unsafe space, like you need to get out immediately and seek professional help. I think if you're in a relationship that is emotionally abusive, mentally abusive, again, you need to get out of it. But also, you know, it's a little bit, it's different. I think when you get stuck in that kind of relationship where it's mentally or emotionally abusive, it's, oftentimes codependency and we stay because of fear like we stay because we're afraid of starting over on our own we're afraid of not being able to do it we're afraid of you know just not the unknown right you know if all you know is being with this person and they're hurting you the fear of the unknown sometimes is more painful than the pain that we endure from the mental or emotional abuse. Um, And that's why we stop. We get stuck in this fear. But fear, when you break it down, is is like it's, it's 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 an emotion of something that we don't know if it's gonna happen or not, right? Like you can be afraid of, you know, you can be afraid, let's say, 
what's a really common fear like fear of <laughs> this is a really silly one but like your hair getting stuck when you go on a drop zone roller coaster right oh, like, gosh. I don't do roller coasters <laughs> but I hear you you hear yeah. this story like oh you start like thinking about it and you go you go oh my god what if my hair gets stuck oh my god like it's <laughs> gonna be so painful and this is just like I'm I'm this is a joking type example like oh, yeah. but but you get the idea that um we start we start making it bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger than it really is because we don't know. And so our brain starts to fill in the blanks of like worst case scenario. Um, and as that fear gets bigger and bigger and bigger, it the wall gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It makes it harder to take that first step. Um, but I think it really comes down to like to really like, how do you want your life to be? You know, what, who is the woman that you want to be? And to, to really dive deep into those questions. I think a lot of times when we're stuck in an abusive relationship, it's hard to even think like go there because we can't see any further than the relationship that we're in right now. But I think part of it is allowing yourself to, to, to feel inside your body and your heart that there is more, that you deserve more, that this is not normal and that you have to take the step into fear in order to experience something different. Um, and it's worth it. And that's it. You know, I have, I maybe a little bit of a silly question, but I know at least for me, when, uh, pre-healing from my own traumas I didn't understand that concept of feel it in your body I would hear a lot of people reading a lot of books so can you explain what that feels like or is there an exercise that someone can do to kind of compare like this feels good and this feels bad and I know it sounds so silly but I just because I've been there it's yeah no it's not silly. Yeah. So when you're, when you're stuck in a position or in a relationship that is so traumatic, you continue to disconnect with yourself in as a coping mechanism. So you stop feeling what you're truly feeling. And that starts to disconnect you from your inner voice. It starts to disconnect you from feeling what's inside because the feelings are so big and so powerful that we're afraid that we're not going to be able to handle them, or we're afraid of, you know, what we're going to do if we allow ourselves to feel them. So we disconnect. Once you get out of the toxic relationship and you start your healing journey, feeling like what's inside your body is a part of the healing process of learning to love yourself again. It's allowing yourself to feel in whatever part of your body it is, the feelings that you've pushed down, that you've neglected, that you've kind of denied because you've been afraid or, you know, you couldn't at that time process through them. Um, and so it can be guilt or shame from being in this relationship. It could be resentment for um, staying in the relationship so long. It could be anger at yourself at the other person for treating you like that or allowing yourself to be treated like that you know whatever the gamut is that's inside of you just allowing yourself to feel and at first it can be so scary and oh because it's oh so overpowering 
But the more you allow yourself to feel the emotion, the more it actually starts to like release and get smaller and smaller. That's amazing. Thank you so much. And I, I just, um, this kind of leads me to my, my next question. Let's say that you get out of your relationship, you successfully kind of work enough, work your way to enough to get yourself out of a bad relationship. So now it's time to go on. You feel ready to go to the next relationship. How do you avoid that cycle of like, because, you know, when you first meet someone, it's always they show you the best of themselves. But how yeah. do you, is, is this a thing? Like, do you attract the same kind of person if you haven't fully healed yourself? Is that how it works? And if you do, how do you avoid attracting the same type of person? Maybe it's instead of physical abuse, it's not mental abuse, but how do you avoid getting stuck in that cycle? Yeah, that's a really great question. One that I had to <laughs> work through myself. I think you absolutely attract what's inside of you. Your external is a 100% reflection of your internal. And so um, if you don't love yourself and you don't treat yourself, you know, well and with boundaries, you're going to attract someone who either has the same pain or wound as you or someone who manipulates you to, you know, they can manipulate you in a way that uh, that your wound, like whatever the wound is. I don't know if that makes sense. I didn't really. Yes, no, it does, it does. <laughs> we, we love to talk about uh, feminine and masculine wounds here. So uh, it, I'm sure listeners will. Okay. Exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Good. Okay. So, and then, but the amazing, like the amazing, I think encouragement that I want to give is as you start your journey of healing and self-love and connecting with your inner voice, you start treating yourself differently because you're changing your limiting beliefs. You're focusing on empowering thoughts. The words that you use to talk about yourself start to change. And as all of that changes, your standards start to go up because you view yourself in a higher, like just in a different higher view. And as you start to see yourself differently, as you start to, um, honor yourself and love yourself at a higher and higher level, you start to expect that from everyone else around you. And that's, that's totally what I experienced is, is once I identified, oh my gosh, I don't love myself. I, you know, I don't believe I deserve love. Once I started reworking that, I started going, wow, like I need to put this boundary into place. Wow. I need to change how I'm talking to myself. Wow. You know, I need to stop being my own worst enemy. And as I started changing those things, I started recognizing when someone was being disrespectful to me, I started recognizing when they were crossing a boundary. And then I was able to, um, I think the third level is to communicate that to them is saying, Hey, like, that's not okay with me. If you're going to continue it, it's not going to work out. So it's, it's like I said, at the beginning, it's all a process as you start learning to love yourself more as you start replacing those limiting beliefs as you start putting boundaries into place your expectations of how other people should treat you start to go up and then the other part to the question that you asked is really learning how to recognize red flags um and it's it's really about being an observer like we're not here to change a guy to help a guy, 
to save a guy. We're here to, to observe him, to observe his character. Who is he at his core? And um, the person that he's showing us, how does, how does he make us feel? Does he elevate us? Does he empower us? Do we feel safe in his space? Or do we shy away? Do, does our guard go up? Does he hurt inside? And that's where they're reconnecting with yourself and really being connected with your body and how you feel and what's going on inside of you is so important. They go hand in hand. Oh my gosh. This is like so powerful. I'm loving all of this. It's Good. I'm so I love this. I love this. I love this. Um, okay, Jessica. So I have one more question for you. This is like a question I ask everybody and then I'll let you have some, like, I'll let you have the floor for some final thoughts. <clears throat> but I always ask my guests, do you believe that you can heal your trauma and live a happy, successful, productive life? Do you believe A hundred percent. Yes. If you're, if you're committed to the work, if you're willing to, you know, put in the work to peel off the band-aids to feel, cause you do, you have to feel the hurt again. It's so scary to go back. Like once you're out, you don't want to go back because you don't want to relive it. The difference is you're not going back to stay. You're going back to heal and to understand and to move forward. Um, but it is, it takes a lot of work, but it's totally worth it at the end of the day. Beautifully said. I love it. I love it. Do you have any um, final thoughts or advice you'd like to share with listeners about um, dating and healing from, from traumatic relationships? Uh, I guess the biggest thing that's coming on my heart right now is that there are good men out there. I think when we go through, you know, a really traumatic relationship or multiple ones, or even if it was with one of our parents or a guardian or, you know, in childhood, like we start to get this belief that there aren't any good people out there anymore, or that, you know, maybe there's something wrong with us that we're not able to attract those good men and that is totally a lie um there are really good men and emotionally safe healthy men actually they want to pour into you they want to make you feel safe they want to fill your heart and make you feel loved and they want to give everything that they possibly can in order to you know lift you up and make you feel good about yourself. Um, and it's an amazing experience and it starts with you. It starts with you making the decision to say, I want more, like, this is not all there is for me. I know I deserve more and I'm willing to take the first step. And that step could be getting out of the relationship. It could be asking for help. It could be, you know, getting a coach or going to a therapist, like whatever the first step is for you, just do it because like you deserve it and you are so amazing and beautiful and full of worth and value. And, um, one of my favorite mantras is your mess can become your message. Oh, I love it. Just say, I, I love what I love about you right now is that you can tell your heart is so like in it. This is why I always recommend people find coaches because I love therapy. I, I benefited from, from therapy very much, but I think when you find a coach that's been through it, and that whose heart is set on helping, 
you have gold, like you can send, save yourself a lifetime of pain. And I, I just, I'm getting that vibe from you and I love it. Thank you. Um, oh no! Thank you. Thank you. Is there anywhere where can our, our listeners follow you? If you um, are you on on social media? Do you have? Yeah. So um, Instagram is where I'm at the most these days. It's I'm at Finding the Good Men. Um, or you can go to my website, um, JessicaElundgren.com. There's awesome. a lot of goodies, and you're always up to date with what's coming up. So awesome! And I'll add all of that to the show notes. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you for being here. We really, really, really appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Jessica. Bye. Okay. Bye.